Let me go into our scripture today. It's from Acts chapter 3. We finished up Acts 1 and Acts 2, and here we are in Acts chapter 3. Beginning in verse 1, it says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and uh, instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Lord, I just pray that you will touch our hearts with your word today. We have come here expecting more of you, Lord. We have come here knowing that your word is living and active. We have come here, Lord, knowing that as we seek you, we will find you. We come expecting, and we pray, O oh God, just as this beggar was looking, we look to you. And we're not asking, Lord, uh, for just our wants. But, God, we're asking for more of you today. So let your word change and transform our lives, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I love this story so much. I love the placement of this story. It's so interesting, the placement of this story. As I shared, we just finished up Acts chapter 1 and 2, and it was the beginning of the church. It was the beginning, and it began with a bang. It was like, it was like a shot, you know, as a race. Pow! And, and Peter and, and the disciples ran out of the gate, and they were running. They were, it was like a... It was a 40-yard dash. They came out running. Peter preached this awesome message, and thousands come. And in that moment, you recall the moment they were, it was something supernatural was happening. The Holy Spirit had come upon them. Things began to take place that had never happened before on this earth as the Holy Spirit came upon them. And sure enough, right there, mockery met them. Just because God moves doesn't mean everybody's ready for it. Just because God's working doesn't mean everybody understands it. Just because God is in this place doesn't mean there will be, there's not going to be any questions. You and I have brains. Just people all around us have brains. There's going to be questions. And, and so there are people, they went beyond, there were some people who were questioning what was happening. Others were mocking. But at the end of the day, the, the gospel was preached and people came to Jesus. That's what was, that is what took place. And so in my mind, I'm, this is my ministry mindset. When I think about those things, I think, okay, it's time for a vision statement. It's time for, to get a building committee together. It, it's time, Peter, I mean, that was amazing. 3,000 people came in one message. Let's put a tent up. Let's go out with the invite cards. And let's encourage people to invite their friends. And you come up again, Peter, preach another message. Let's keep this going. Let's keep building this. But when I read Acts chapter 3, none of that was happening. There was no special activities. All the ministry activities that would have been in my mind were not in their mind. It was just a normal day, just a, another day. 
It's just, the Bible says, one day. It was a routine. They had a routine of going up to the temple to pray. They had a routine of going to the temple to spend time seeking God. It was just another day. And I love how this is presented to us today. I love that it wasn't this idea of a, a crusade. And I, I love crusade. I, I love what took place in Acts chapter 1 and 2. I, I love how God works through simple, ordinary people, and He does extraordinary things. I love seeing those activities happen. But I also love how God just takes our routine, how He takes everyday life. And I know for me, as, as a pastor, as a minister, when I look at the book of Acts, I can, I can start looking at it as church services and ministry and events, and this is what's happening. But in Acts chapter 3, it was just everyday life. It was just another day at the office. And I want to encourage you with this thought, that your everyday routine has the potential of greatness. Your everyday routine has the potential of seeing great things done because God is with you. I want to encourage you today, and I want to motivate you today. I want to challenge you today that, yes, I do pray that uh, on October 31st, we'll see, we'll see many people receive Christ. I, we're going to promote it. We promoted the Billy Graham event that there was hundreds that came to know Jesus at those events. God loves that. Absolutely. God loves those big events. He, he loves hundreds of people coming to, to, to receive his, the gospel, the good news. He loves it. But do you know he loves it? He loves your everyday. He loves your routine. He loves that you have the opportunity of seeing greatness every day of your life. It's not just in a crusade. It's not just under a tent. It's not just on a Sunday morning. It's not just here. You want, to, you want to know something? I want to share this with you because I always want to share my life with you. But in my life, I started getting this message that Sunday morning was the most important day of the week. That as a pastor, as a minister, Sunday morning, that's your prime time. That's the most important day of the week. And you know what? I think Sunday is important, but I don't think Sunday morning is the most important day of the week. I believe every day that you are alive is the most important day of the week. Whatever day God has given to you is the most important day of the week. That your routine, your everyday living, has the potential of seeing God do something great. I want to tell you today that your routine has purpose. Your everyday routine has purpose. I believe the enemy wants you to curse your routine. I want... I believe the enemy would come and, and say to you, your routine, all you're doing every day is just waking up, drinking coffee, doing your job, coming home, doing yard work, going to bed and doing it again and again. You're, you don't have anything. There's nothing of value in your life. And I want to tell you that's a lie. Every day that you have is a day that God can use for his glory. And I want to tell you that God can use your routine. Your everyday routine has the potential of greatness. God wants to use your everyday, your routine. Some of us are thinking, boy, if my life would just change. 
oh, if I can just get out of this rut, if I could just get out of this mundane life, if I could just get out of this routine, if this would just end, this waking up, this hitting the snooze button every morning, five days a week, if I could just get out of this routine of washing clothes and washing the dishes and cleaning the house, if I could just end this routine and find something different, find something new. I want to see something new. I want to see this routine end. I want to tell you today, God has you exactly where He wants you. Your routine is from God. That, that routine that you're going through has been ordained by God. Peter and John, they were just routinely going up for prayer. And while they were just going up to prayer, they happened to see a man in need. I want to tell you today that you might think to yourself, Ah, oh, man, I, I hate this routine. I hate that I have to wait in line here at Dunkin' Donuts. I, I've been by that. Uh, when I would come from Joliet, I would go through uh, that, the downtown Lockport area and I'd go by that, that Dunkin' Donuts there, and there was that old huge line. And I always drive and I'd say, God, thank you that I don't like coffee. <laughs> I like other things that I wait for, but I'm thankful I don't like coffee. I'm like, people really love coffee. You know, they love it. They wait in that line. And I bet you they're in that line saying, oh, I just wish this routine, I hate it. I just wish there was something different. I know how this works. I know how easy life is to complain. I know how easy it is to complain about life. And there's some big things and there's some little things that we can, can complain about. I've got some little things going on. They don't, they're not big. They're little. I get it. They're little, but I, they're still easy to complain about. Right now I'm complaining about all these boxes that we keep unpacking. I'm like, oh, I hate this process. And then I start thinking, I have these quick thoughts. I say, God, why? Why? Why did you do this to me? This is the third time in two years that I've packed and unpacked, packed and unpacked, packed and unpacked. God, why are you doing this to me? If you would have just left us alone in Utah, this would have never happened. And then, of course, I think, well, you're home, you're in Illinois, you're with family. And I think, okay, God, that's fine, you brought me home. But why couldn't you just bring me, have brought me straight to Calvary? Why did you have to send me over here to Chicago for a year and a half just to come here? And I would have avoided that. You know, we moved into our house in June of 2019. In August of 2019, that's when my senior pastor told me he was leaving and, and moving to Missouri. And I'm like, God, if it would just been two months, just two months, we could have waited. But you know what? It's so easy to complain about our routine. So easy to complain about the little things of life. And there's bigger things in our life that are easy to complain about. But when I start shifting away from the why, and I start putting my focus on God, and I start saying, God, I know what you're doing. I'm going to get my eyes off the routine. I'm going to get my eyes off the, the things that I want to complain about. And I start putting my eyes on you. I start seeing things differently. I start seeing a, a young family. Well, they're not, well a, a good family. I start thinking about Vitas. I start thinking of, about Dahlia and their beautiful daughter, Gabby, who we met at our town home in Hickory Hills and who we stayed in, have still stayed in contact with after we've left, and who we still hang out with, and we, we're trying to set that up again. It's been a little bit hard to see him again. We've saw him once since we left. We want to see him again. Her, their daughter comes at the Lithuanian uh, school here, and they've been trying to come see us again, and we want to see them again. But I say, Lord, 
And we've been able to share our life with them. They know we're pastors. We've been able to share our love with them. I say, God, if I had to pack and unpack and pack and unpack just to meet that family, then it was worth it. I start thinking about Jose, who called me this week, literally called me this week. Jose was a young man who was in gangs, in drugs, headed to jail, but decided to change his life, who was a part of the program I had at the church out there in Chicago, a gang program that would help them stay out of the gangs. And he called me this week to tell me, he said, Pastor Sid, I was at a retreat, and I'm just more committed to God more than ever before. I've made some commitments. He, he showed me this commitment that they made at this retreat and how he's back to serving again at the church. And he called just to tell me all about this retreat. And I say, God, if I had to pack and unpack and pack and unpack just to meet Jose, to be a part of his life, then it was worth it all. God, if I have to wake up and go to work, to go to sleep, to go to work again, to go to sleep. God, if I have to keep doing this routine again and again to minister to my co-worker, to minister to that person on the train, to minister to that Dunkin' Donuts worker. God, if I have to go through this routine, I will do it. Our routine sometimes becomes so depressing, so frustrating, so boring. But I want to open your eyes today. I want you to see that God has miracles, everyday miracles waiting for you. He has something in store for you every day of your life, everyday miracles. He wants to work them through you. He wants to use your everyday routine. Don't curse your routine. Love your routine. I pray even now you're, you're, you're not, you can't wait to get in line again. You can't wait to get on the train again. You can't wait to get to the break room again. Get into that routine again because you know that God is going to bless you. He's going to use you. You don't need anything to change. You don't need a new routine. Now, again, obviously I'm qualifying this. That doesn't mean you never search for a new job. That doesn't mean you never move. You understand what I'm saying, right? It just means that every day you have purpose. And when we start shifting our, our focus off of routine and start putting it on purpose, watch out. Watch out. When we start taking our eyes off of problems and we start seeing opportunities, that's when life gets exciting. When we start taking our complaining and we start shifting it to saying, God, what are you doing? What are you going to use in my life? How are you going to use this for your glory? You will have strength. You will have joy. That, ro- that routine won't be boring anymore. It will have purpose behind it. I, wanna, I want you to have purpose behind your routine. Don't curse it. Embrace it. Thank God for it. Be like Peter and James and Peter and John who were just walking on their routine. They were just going to pray. And all of a sudden, there was somebody that needed prayer, somebody that needed to be lifted up. And I just want to pray that your routine will have great purpose and that God will allow you to see everyday miracles in your life. I love this story in 2 Kings chapter 6. In 2 Kings chapter 6, God was using the prophet Elisha. Elisha was being used by God, and the king of Aram did not like it at all. So the king of Aram, because what Elisha was doing was giving information to the king of Israel of what was taking place in King Aram's uh, kind of war court. uh, Elisha was giving secrets, the secrets of the king of Aram to the king of Israel because God was giving them that information. 
And Abraham found out about that, and so he sent an army of chariots to go kill him. And so in 2 Kings chapter 6, sure enough, King Aram's army shows up where, where Elisha was staying. And Elisha's servant sees this army. And he has this thought that you would have, that I would have, that every normal human being would have. Elisha, we're dead meat. It's done. It's over. The gig's up. Elisha, we're, it's been a good run, but we're surrounded. These guys are here to kill us. You've been helping the king of Israel, sharing the king of Aram's secrets, and now he's here. He's here to kill us. We can't run. We can't hide. We can't fight them off. We're done. But you see, Elisha, Elisha walked by faith, not by sight. Elisha lived a different life. He had different lenses. He saw life differently. He didn't see through these eyes. He saw through God's eyes. He saw something that his servant didn't see that day. Now, Elisha still ate food. He still went to sleep. He still functioned in this world. But he had the ability to sometimes ignore or overlook his earthly circumstances to see what God was doing. He had the faith to look beyond his circumstances, not ignore them in the sense of, well, I'm not going to take medication or I'm not going to drive my car, or I'm not going to listen to my boss. Not He wasn't ignoring it, but he was able to see something beyond that. He was able to see what God was doing. And he prayed this prayer, and he said, God, would you open the eyes of my servant? And God did. He opened his eyes, and all of a sudden, Elijah's servant says, oh. And beyond the, the army uh, of Aram, he saw the army of the Lord. He saw supernatural. He saw God's army having that supernatural activity around him. He saw the army of the Lord, and he no longer feared. He no longer doubted because he saw what was really happening. That's what I'm talking about. Now, you probably are not going to face an army that's going to kill you tomorrow. You know what you're going to face? You're going to face a routine. And that routine is going to try to slowly kill you. You're going to face problems, yes. You're going to face difficulties. They're going to try to slowly kill you. That job of yours, it's going to, you know, it's not going to kill you like an army, but it's going to slowly kill you. But I want you to pray, and I'm going to pray for you today, that you'll look beyond that army. You'll look beyond that job, and you will see what God is doing. It's a different mindset. It's a spiritual mindset. It's a mindset that helps you to do what God has called you to do, to do the things that He has given you to do. Those, that, that plan, that purpose that God has created you for, you'll fulfill it. And you can see beyond your job. You can see God working. I do want to share this thought with you because, uh, I, uh, you know, I'm thinking about several things. And, you know, Tara was brought up to uh, some friends that we have in Utah that are dealing with a very severe health issue. A spouse, a husband is dealing with a severe issue, a young wife and a daughter who's, I think, maybe two years old right now, you know, who loves her daddy, who's in the hospital. And you have to, and you come to those moments, and this is those moments, right, where you ask the question, why? Why, why is that person sick, and why, why is that person not, or why does that person get healed, and that person does not? And I wanted to share this with you, and sharing this point with you. When we ask those questions, 
I want you to, that's okay to ask those questions. Those are good questions to ask. So I'm not suggesting don't ask those questions. But I want to give you this insight and this understanding. When you're asking that question like that, you are asking that question with your five senses. You're asking that question with what you see and what you know, with what you can touch and what you can smell. And what we have to understand to answer those questions, because you don't answer those questions with your five senses. You don't answer those questions with your brain. You don't answer those questions with what you were taught in college and, and, and uh, you know, your master's degree or any of those other things. You don't answer those questions with the worldly information. You have to say, God, I see this army. I see this person sick. Would you open my eyes to see what's around me? What's around them? What are you doing, God? What are you doing? What, what is it that you are doing in this problem and in this situation? Open my eyes. Give me a vision. Give me a revelation of what you're doing. Because what I'm seeing doesn't make sense. What I'm seeing is depressive. What I'm seeing is fearful. What I'm seeing, it gets me mad. Why is this person suffering? Why is this person going through the difficulty of life? We have another friend in Utah that we've been praying with that I, I was uh, talking with this week. And he has had several issues in his life. He's a minister. I'm like, God, why? Why does he keep going through these difficult problems? He had a bacteria that almost killed him about 10 years ago. And then he, he got COVID and he was in a ventilator for over a month. And then, and then his mother passes away just this past week. And it's just like one thing after another. And if you're just looking at these issues with your five senses, you'll get frustrated. You'll be upset. You, you won't understand it. But that's what you have to pray and say, God, would you open my eyes? Would you help me to see what you're doing? Would you help me to see your presence around us? Would you help me to see your hand around us? And so, of course, I, I went to some big issues. I was talking about our routine, so stay with me. It's all the same. It's, it's all sometimes difficult to deal with, whether it's your routine or some, a friend in the hospital. It's all, if we're just trying to figure it out on our own, it will, it will never, ever happen. We need to ask God to open up our eyes to see. Open up my heart to understand, Lord, that you are doing something that goes beyond my ability to comprehend. And that day, Peter and John were walking up to the temple. They saw a man who was crippled. And the Bible says Peter just fixed his eyes on him. And it was so interesting that that verse said that John, he fixed his eyes on him. Almost as if, it doesn't say this, but, you know, it's okay to think and wonder, pretend, you know, look at these stories like, what was going on? Like, think about it. And in my mind, I don't know, I, I start thinking like, man, maybe they were praying that day and maybe something in their heart said, you know, today something's going to happen. Or maybe they were reading a scripture verse and, and, and maybe there was, a, they read a scripture verse about a miracle in the Old Testament that they were reading. And they were going, and, but something caught their attention. They had to just focus their attention. And this is what I do know. This is what I do believe. That if we will stay in God's Word, if we will stay in prayer, if we will seek God every day, if we will ask God, God, today I'm praying, during my routine, Lord, would you help me to see what you're doing? If you will pray that, 
and believe it. You have to believe, God, you're going to open my eyes. I'm going to see something new. I'm going to see something different. And again, yeah, you might have day after day, same routine, yeah. But but have this mindset, okay, that was just another normal day. It's okay. I'm going to wake up tomorrow believing something. I'm going to believe that, God, you can use simple words of mine, my smile, kind words, helping somebody just hold the door open. It's no longer just a routine to me. It's something. I'm doing something in somebody's life. Stay-at-home moms, you know, wow, a blessing to your children. That, that for sure. I, I know, moms, it, it gets difficult, and I know I don't all, I don't fully know. But staying home with a child, wow, what better routine is there than blessing that child? Every one of us, we, we all have different routines. I'm just asking you to let God open up your eyes. And so, Peter and John, they see this man, and he's hurting, he's crippled. And the Bible says that Peter looks at him, gets his attention. So I'm praying tomorrow people are going to get your attention, all right? Let, let this afternoon, let it be so that people start getting your attention. Hurting people start getting your attention. You can see it on people's faces just there. You can see when they're struggling, when they're hurting, when they're not all there. That waitress, that waiter, that cashier, whoever it can be. Everyday miracles. It's not a routine that you're in that store. God wants you there. He has purpose for you. And so Peter and John are there, and they fix their eyes on them. And then Peter makes this statement. He says, silver and gold I don't have. And that word have in the Greek means it's not in my reach. So Peter was saying, silver and gold is not in my reach. You see, Peter, he had given up his business. He had been following Jesus for three years. So his silver and gold was gone. And he said, silver and gold, I don't, that's not in my reach. But what I do have, and that word have, it's interpreted to mean what I own. What I own. So Peter was saying, Silver and gold isn't in my reach, but what I own, what I have, I give to you. What I own, what I have, I give to you. And this is my last encouragement to you this, this, this day with this sermon, with this message. What do you own? What do you possess? What do you have in your life that God can use, that you can give to others? I know this, we all have time that we can give people. I believe every one of us here has experience. You've, you've got wisdom, you've learned some things what not to do, right? You can help people. You have love. I pray that in your word, the word of God, and your time with God's word, and your time with prayer, and your time of prayer, that God is filling you up and that you are possessing the love of God. You can give that to people. You may not have what people are asking for, but you have what people need. People are asking for money. People are asking to be entertained. People are asking for, you know, all sorts of things, and you might not have it. You might not have the answer to why they're sick, but what you do have, what you do possess, I want to pray over your life that you'll be ready to give it. Give it to people. 
give that love to people. Give that kindness. I pray that the kindness of God is filling your life. And I pray that you will own that kindness and that you will give it to people. I pray that you will have purpose today. I'm going to pray purpose into your life. Own that purpose now. I have purpose. You're going to walk into McDonald's just like Peter and and John. You're going to walk in with purpose. I don't know why I'm here, but I know I have a purpose for being here. I'm walking into Target today. I don't know why, but I have purpose. I'm walking into Target today. I'm walking into the job today. People are going to, man, look at that guy today. He's 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 got something in his step. He's got purpose. I'm walking in with purpose, and I have my purpose is to give what I own, and what I own I'm going to give to people. And that's everyday miracles. Everyday miracles. If you give what you own, that's a miracle. If you give love, that's a miracle. If you give a word of encouragement, that's a miracle. Yes, we want to see people, you know, crippled people coming up. Yeah, those are wonderful miracles, and we can pray for those miracles. But there's something you don't have to pray about. There's something you don't have to wait for. And those are the everyday miracles of being God's love, being God's kindness, being God's truth, walking wherever you go. It's no longer a routine. It's no longer just another day. You have purpose behind it. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up this this morning. We're going to sing a song to, to solidify this message, to solidify your purpose. I want you just to believe for God today that He's going to take your routine before you curse it again, before you say, I, I need a new job. Before I need a new boss, I need a new co-worker. Before you say that, you say, God, you have me here today for a purpose. What is it, Lord? Who do you want me to smile at? Who do you want me to help? Who should I hold the door open for, Lord? Who needs to hear kindness? Whatever it is, God. If you stand this morning, you can maybe stand at home as we sing this song. God just solidifies this message in your heart. Lord, I just pray. And I've, and I've said, Lord, that I was going to pray over my friends, and I'm going to do it right now. I just pray, Lord, that you will open up their eyes, open up their hearts, just like Elisha prayed for the servants. I pray for my friends. We're servants. Tomorrow when we go through the routine, it's not going to be the same now. We're not going to walk in the office the same. We're not going to walk into the nursery room in our house the same. We're not going to change diapers the same. We're not going to make food the same anymore. We're going to do everything with purpose. With purpose, oh God. And we're going to see everyday miracles. So speak to our heart, Lord. Speak to our lives. In Jesus' name.